This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Tuesday, January 3rd. This is episode 398. My name is Dan Ellis. And I'm joined by two awesome co-hosts who have just been sitting, listening to me fuck around with stuff for the last hour, trying to get everything configured correctly, and that didn't work out. So we're reverting back to older technology, and Dan needs to do a lot of troubleshooting to figure some stuff out. How are you guys doing? Uh, It's been so long. I'm sorry. I keep asking you questions or going to introduce you and then cutting you off before you can say anything. (laughs) We're a little out of practice because it's been a few Ooh, weeks. there, Barbara Walters. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Too early? It's, it's, been a, it's been a minute. Uh, what's new with you guys? Let's start with you, Taylor. What's What's been happening? We haven't recorded for a while. No, it's been a minute. I, I'm sorry. Um, I think at least one of the most recent times that you guys were able to record, I was not able to record because um, I had to give a speech at work to the VIP. So that was fun. Um, was no, life Walters? is no, no, God, no. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, life has been good. Um, I don't know. Just been enjoying Italy single again. Um, just going to little villages. They have this really cool thing out here in Europe called Christmas markets. Um, I don't really recall anything comparable in the U S but it's like, they'll take the town square and vendors will just set up little kind of tent situations, kind of like you'd have it like a County fair, I think where they'll sell like mulled wine or sausages or like whatever, you know, kind of Christmassy food. Um, sometimes like the local vendors will ply like, you know, handcrafted goods and that kind of thing. Like it's all, you know, really cool shit. And so some towns like make a claim to fame for having really good Christmas markets. So I've been kind of touring around, um, Verona, for example, gorgeous. It's got, I think the second biggest arena next to the Coliseum. Uh, and that was pretty cool. So yeah. Nice. Oh, fancy. So what did you end up doing for Christmas this year there in Italy? Um, I've got a small group friends um who are all kind of united around like we all sort of share an orbit with these guys who run a a restaurant near the hotel that a lot of us like stay at when we first get in the country (laughs) kind of deal um so like us group of expats and those italians all sort of hang out and we all did like a big um italian christmas lunch on christmas day uh, together. And then later in the evening, we all crashed a bar and there was like 20 of us. So it was pretty cool. So I know avocado, you weren't there. <laughs> yeah. You left me home and I wasn't able to do anything. Damn it. <laughs> it's, I, I live in like a one open plan apartment. I'm sorry. It's impossible to get <laughs> avocado away. Um, 
<laughs> and my office is about as reflective as like the fucking Hubble telescope at this point. So I, <laughs> I soundproofing that thing's going to be a bitch. So <laughs> I haven't even attempted yet. <laughs> well, it's good to see you guys again. Uh, what's new with you, Ryan? What have you been doing during the downtime? I've been building shit. I've actually gotten fairly decent at developing things in CAD. Oh, yeah? Uh, building three-dimensional objects. I built a, a puzzle recently where I made the all the mechanisms inside the puzzle completely 3D printed of my own design. And people have been liking it to the point where, since it's my own design, I plan on making like 10 of them. Ooh. And I've already got like three of them sold. Wow. Well, that's and then I had a business f- or anything yet. What was that? Do you have like a business or anything yet for that? I do, but nobody fucking goes to my website and buys anything. Well, and, and <laughs> <laughs> sounds like room for a plug if I ever heard oh. one. But um, also, like that might be something worth patenting because I feel like that's something that could be replicated. If you know, like all that oh, kind definitely. of shit too. Like, I've been I've yeah. been just 3D printing the parts. Like it takes me like a day to 3D print mm-hmm. all the parts for it, and then it takes me another day to put everything together. So mm-hmm. I got I got a whole I got all my files saved. So like all the walls and compartments are laser cut. Then the actual mechanism that makes it work is 3D printed. It's basically a, a puzzle that you can't see. Hmm. So the way I designed it is all you see on the box is a dial, a knob that just freely spins but there's also a portion of the box that comes apart and there's some magnetic rods hidden in there and when you place the magnetic rods in the top and you have to do a certain move with the top of the puzzle to get the maze to work uh there's ball bearings in it once those ball bearings slip into place the knob will actually turn and lift the lid off well that sounds pretty fancy yeah Needless to say, I think before I got it to actually work, it was like my eighth iteration of printing it. <laughs> and I kept having the same issue. And then one issue that I, I solved after having my testers tested at work uh, to, to one thing I didn't even think of. But it came down to I was using a six millimeter ball bearing. And I had made the track like a like a fraction bigger than six millimeters i widened that track by 0.5 millimeters and the puzzle worked fucking flawlessly i was like holy like that's like i kept having this issue the point where i made a plexiglass version of the puzzle to where i could put plexiglass on it and watch the balls roll around and seeing where they get caught up and stuff Mm -hmm. and i literally added 0.5 millimeters to it i'm like oh now it moves freely like holy like just that littlest bit of change made it work and I think it's one of those things too, like I've talked about in the past, like I didn't give up on it. I could have easily thrown this thing in the garbage at version five and been like, fuck, this ain't going to work. <laughs> but I just kept going and going and just like changing tolerances by like half a millimeter at a time until I got it to fucking work perfectly where everything moves freely throughout each other and you can't feel any of it and it's silent. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy with it. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. cool. That's really cool. But yeah, so don't give up on projects. You'll find it. You'll find a solution eventually. You're hurt. That's a personal attack, right? Through. <laughs> well, no, I didn't know you gave up on shit. <laughs> I've got a project that I need to get back to. For I, I've 
basically set down over the holidays and I really need to pick it up again. Uh-huh. So, yeah. All I've been doing is is designing and making stuff. Like right now I'm actually designing a uh a instrument cluster for a dashboard in my buddy's truck. So he took a 2016 Ford GT Mustang and he put a 1960s Ford F100 body on top of it, but he wants to use the more modern Ford Mustang gauge cluster to work with it, but now it needs to fit in this new instrument cluster thing. So I've been designing and making that for him, and he's he's liking how it's turning out. Yesterday, I cleaned my entire apartment instead of working on my project out of procrastination. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> well that all sounds like a lot of fun right i did you so there was another creation that we've talked about in past episodes that a mutual friend had commissioned yes and i got videos of it and he absolutely <laughs> loved it I, I i love the fact that once he got the box open of the ark of the covenant and uh well he, so let's, first thing he says is i can't open this so let's back up a little bit so we have a, a mutual friend who commissioned a project for you to build a thing for her partner uh, to give yes. to him on Christmas. So, and and I think that's pretty much the only thing that we've said in the past about said it. About so, it, yeah. So to let everybody else in the audience know, it was our friend Summer Devachka uh, commissioned you. Show. Yeah, who's who's been on the show? Who's former president of Atheists of Utah? Uh, still a very good close friend of mine um, and uh, her partner, Joel, uh, husband, actually, um, she yep. commissioned you to uh, create this Ark of the Covenant storage box for his magic cards. And yes, yeah. And, and you worked which, on it for I a very guess- long time. It's really fucking cool. It came out. It came out really good. And it's one of those other things where it's like I could have said no. I don't know how to do that, but I said no. I'm going to do this, and I'm, I'm going to figure it the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came out really good in the end. Like I was really happy that once he like even when he got the first peek at it, he knew exactly what it was. Not exactly what it was. He knew it was the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. And then when he started to see the 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 symbols on it, and realized, oh shit. This is an Ark of the Covenant for me to store my Magic the Gathering cards in. <laughs> Which, I, I guess, the, the whole reason why it came about was they were having a conversation, and Joel had mentioned that if the end times ever came, the only place where his Magic the Gathering cards would be safe would be in the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> and she was like, I wonder if I can get someone to build the Ark of the Covenant. Hmm. And then I guess she said that to Tracy... And when then she recommended me to do it, and I was like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Yeah, it so, was very cool. Is very yeah. cool. Uh, but yeah, I got I got uh, to to spy on the video feed of him opening the presents. So that was pretty cool. Oh, did you hack into their, their home security cameras? Oh, no. Or she just sent you the video? No, yeah, she just sent me the video. Well, sent it to Tracy, who... You know, I was chatting with Summer, and and I was watching it while they were talking, and yeah, it was very cool. I I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it is awesome for sure. Yeah, y'all, very nice. And you didn't get any fucking snow at your place? No, like we got maybe like a half inch last night. That's it's so all melted wild. now. 
That's nuts, dude. <laughs> I have so fucking much snow here. Like, it took me almost three hours uh, the first night that we had the the majority of the snowfall, and it's probably the wettest, heaviest snow that I've ever experienced here. Like, traditionally, when we have a significant amount of snowfall that requires shoveling or, or a snow thrower or whatever to clear it off the walks or anything, you can you know, stick the snow shovel in and push it a good three or four feet and it kind of compacts and collects into a more cohesive, stickier bit of snow that you then, you know, <laughs> pick up the shovel and toss somewhere. This was like concrete or like there, it was, there was no, there was no compressibility left in it. I mean, it was super wet. The bottom two inches of it were just slush. And so everything on top of that started to freeze, but then it was just super fucking wet and heavy. It kept clogging my snow thrower. I had to do the whole, uh, north side of the house, like from the driveway all the way along the side of the house to the backyard by hand. And, you know, like every, every foot was just like one shovel load and then having to throw that over the fence into the neighbor's yard because there's nowhere else to put it. And like, I'm, I, I'm still fucking sore a couple of days later because it was just like, you know, between five and 15 pounds per shovel and then picking that up and throwing it over the neighbor's over my fence into the neighbor's yard. I, I, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like me and you well, like, as the crow flies, we're probably like 40 miles apart. Uh-huh. 35, 40 miles from each other, like in a straight line. Uh-huh. And I got nothing. Well, Not and, and I want I want to interject here real quick because increasing studies have come out lately that people at about your age, Dan, mm -hmm. start to be in the risk group of literally having a heart attack from <laughs> oh, shoveling yeah. snow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and if I recall correctly. You had to have a, a heart monitor for a little while. <laughs> Maybe Tracy should be doing this. <laughs> oh, you are both absolutely correct. Hire, hire a strapping young lad or something. <laughs> no, you're both absolutely correct that uh, my age, my particular age group is more susceptible to that. And I had, and I did have some issues. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's probably why it took me nearly three hours to do it because I was taking my time yeah, no. and mm -hmm. trying to, trying to not overstress myself. Well, it was, it was very difficult for me. I, had to open my windows up to let some air flow through the house. Um, <laughs> Too hot? Yeah, yeah, it was a little warm. Uh, <laughs> had to turn off the heater. It was all of 10 degrees Celsius <laughs> over Christmas break. Yep. Well, and you guys have both Something been to my like, house. Like the two... Oh, yeah. The, so the walkway up to the front door, I've got those two little rock... I don't know, pillars with lights on top of them, the carriage lights on top. Mm -hmm. And the carriage lights are... You know, they're about a foot and a half tall each, and they're buried. I have LED bulbs in there, and the LED bulbs don't throw off much heat, so they don't melt the snow away. So it's just like this glowing mound of snow atop each of those out in the front yard still <laughs> a couple days later. And for <laughs> for Christmas, Tracy's family does this, you know, you draw names like, you, you know, there's, I don't know, a dozen of us maybe that put our names into the gift giving thing and then you draw out a name. So, you know, like I may like, like this year I drew 
uh, Tracy's sister out of the hat as the person in the family that I would buy gifts for. And apparently she drew Tracy, but was looking at my Amazon wish list for some reason. And I had a gel gun on there. I don't know if you guys are familiar. It's like airsoft, but it's like, these little oh, yeah. gel pellets, water, watery gel like, pellets. Yeah, like those little TikTok fuckers were shooting people with in public. Yeah. I think her sister <laughs> was doing some inebriated shopping one night and <laughs> meant to get Tracy a gift and ended up buying this this gel gun that I had on my wish list as just kind of a gee whiz fun thing I'd like to play with every now and then. And so I Tracy have a related story about white privilege. Okay. <laughs> oh, I want to hear it. Um, but so Tracy, you know, or Tracy's sister ended up getting this for me on accident or ended up getting it, thought it was on Tracy's list. Tracy on Christmas is opening gifts and she's like, uh, what is this? Why, why did you get this for me when this is what was on Dan's <laughs> list? So anyway, I have been playing with that. And because there's snow built up around those lights, I just walked out oh, the front geez. door and was shooting at the lights with that. And so it poked all of these holes in the snow. And then it looked really cool because then it had the light buried in the snow, but with all of these like, like holes of light coming channels. through. Yeah. Coming through the snow. It was really cool looking. <laughs> <laughs> but so oh. what were you going to say about white privilege there? So, uh, to so be able to buy a toy gun and a shot. Like, like old school airsoft guns. Uh-huh. <laughs> That were like, looked like guns, but for the little orange thing, like the muzzle. Uh-huh. Yeah. My buddy and I each had like Uzis of those. Like they were battery powered rather than just like a mm-hmm. spring cocking mechanism. Uh-huh. And we we went to, to Dixie High School, if any of our listeners are from St. George. The newer one that they built. And there was this big ass parking lot. And we would typically have these airsoft guns in our car. And then if one of us got to the parking lot before the other and saw the other guy walking to school, we would lean out the window and get them with the fucking airsoft gun <laughs> <laughs> as a drive-by. <laughs> and not once did we get pulled over by a cop or, you know, harassed in any way. Um, like the amount of shit that we would pull with these airsoft guns. And I think we may have gotten like one telling off, like, for bringing them inside the school at one point. Like, and we were just, you know, <laughs> still shoot each other with these things. It was good times. Yeah. That sounds fun. The cool thing about the gel guns is yeah. that you don't have to worry about like picking up airsoft pellets or anything. Like they're the, the little well, gel thing is just, well, they're like, before you soak them in water, they're about the size of a mustard seed. Like they're just tiny. Oh. And so then they soak up water, mm-hmm. but then when you shoot something, I mean, they basically disintegrate. And when they don't disintegrate, they end up just drying up and shriveling away. Like it just, it leaves what kind just of kind of dust they, I don't know. Like it's, a, it's like a starch like a based. Gelatin? Yeah. It's like a, it's a, oh, it says it's okay. a starch based gelatin thing that, yeah. So biodegradable though. Oh yeah. Yeah. Non-toxic, biodegradable. Oh, nice. Yeah. They're, and so it's a lot of fun. Like I can shoot it all around the house and don't have to worry about <laughs> picking up a big mess or. <laughs> staining anything or you know the dogs Uh, getting into it or anything it's just it's just a lot of fun uh yeah and then i started i i had that growth on my forehead yeah so you got started on some chemotherapy yeah yeah Yeah, i mean you know as as chemotherapy goes it's not bad like i don't have to sit in a chair with you know poison being 
fed into my veins in or yeah. fed into me intravenously intravenously uh it's just a Venus? topical cream that i have to be very careful with like the warnings on it are are wild like i can't i have to make sure that anywhere i've applied it um and anything that touches those areas comes in no contact with anybody else like oh wow know, tracy we've talked about she's gonna have to use gloves when she does, she she loves doing laundry, and so she's the one who does it. But she'll have to do, you know, she'll have to wear gloves. She has to be careful when she's around me. I can't let the dogs lick any area that I've applied this to oh. because it's super, super toxic to dogs. Like, will cause seizures and death and, like, in very small amounts, apparently. So I've got to be very careful with it. But, yeah, it's it's not going to be a lot of fun. I've I started using it on Sunday. And I've got to use it for three weeks, and then it can take up to two to three months after the end of using it before, like, like everything, life. before everything sheds and then heals again. But it's it's basically oh. like a chemical peel. I, I it sounds like that will just burn away all of the bad stuff on my scalp. So what you're saying is you're gonna look extra ginger. Yeah. Yeah, like so. I've been putting it on my forehead and on my scalp. I've got other areas Ooh. that I'll probably end up using it uh, after this initial round of stuff. But yeah, not fun. Uh, and and no. uh, yeah, it's it's not good. Well, and I've got the headphones on, and I have to make sure that at the end of this, I like thoroughly clean, clean the headphones them. and wipe them down. I've got to do the same thing with Jeez. my seatbelt. Like anything and everything that I touch, I've got to be really careful about. And keep it out of the dog's reach and everything. So that's a lot of fun. But there's a lot of stuff to get to. We're going to do that when we get back from the other side of this little break. Hey, guys, this is Brandy Hamrick. I'm from Charleston, West Virginia. Contrary to popular belief, we don't all fuck our cousins. And we didn't all vote for Trump. And you're listening to the godless revolution. It's true. We've changed three quarters of the Earth's land areas. And while some of that was necessary, we have also changed a lot to build dumb, pointless shit that no one really wants or needs, like paintball courses or novelty T-shirt shops or Salt Lake City. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for being so patient, as if you knew that we were just shooting the shit for a while. And you don't know that, but I'm telling you now, and we were, and you're awesome for waiting through all of that Yeah, that happened in the blink I've, of an eye for all. I've also got to say, thank you for sticking around. I know we haven't been around for a little bit. My mm -hmm. mom yells at me being like, Ryan, when's the next podcast coming out? <laughs> <laughs> as soon as Dan can figure some shit out and get it edited and posted. And I'm like, we got stuff going on, mom. Yeah. 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 Uh, life gets in the way. Uh, for listeners, I have been going through. So, the, so the, there's been a lot going on. But for the last couple of weeks, uh, in addition to having some time off work, I've been doing some stuff technologically around the house. One of that, one of the, well, the, the, the biggest thing through all of that is that I have decommissioned two desktop computers that were in use in the house, one in my office and one here in the studio. And in lieu of those, I purchased a top of the line, super nice laptop that I'll be using for all kinds of stuff. And 
I'll just be moving that from the studio to my office and back and forth and all over. That way I've got one central location where all of my settings are, where all of my software is, where all of my files are. And I don't have to worry about keeping two different machines in sync and making sure all the software on them is met, is updated and matches each other and transferring files back and forth and just dealing with all of that bullshit. Now I just have one computer that I can take with me on the go. I have all of my files now synced up to the cloud so that even like the show audio that I drop in at different points and everything, uh, that's all just stored out on the cloud and I can just download that and drop it in when I'm editing. It should make editing and everything else much simpler and easier. There are some so settings that I'll still need to work out on the board, but <laughs> other than that, everything else is Basically what going you're on. saying yeah. is you took the other two computers out into the backyard and shot them with a shotgun like the Republican Party is to McCarthy. That's not what I'm saying, but it's oh. a good it's a good attempt at a segue. <laughs> I like that very much. Oh, just a segue. <laughs> so my guess is that by the time listeners hear this episode, Kevin McCarthy will be the Speaker of the House for the 118th Congress of the United States of America. But as of now, that is not the case. Uh, they went through three rounds of voting today. Yes. And, and I was I was watching live as they did the third round. Uh-huh. finishing up like right as we started recording. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, you guys said that the, the previous record was 130 something rounds. Oh yeah. So the record is from 1855 and it was 133 rounds of voting over. It, it occurred throughout a three month period that. So it, if, if they break that record, which the Republican Party has a record of, of breaking records, <laughs> um, by the time you listen to this, it is entirely possible that they're still voting. It is, yeah. So mm-hmm. so what happened, let's go over what happened today. So okay. during the first round of voting, um, of course, every Democrat in the House voted for the the minority uh, leader Hakeem Jeffries, Jeffries to be speaker and that vote number remained consistent through all three voting rounds that they held today um during that first vote um Kevin McCarthy yes. received i think it was 212 votes Jim Jordan received 6 and then there were i think 10 other votes or i'm sorry 14 other no 13 other votes that went to various and sundry people. You know, they voted for Andy Biggs, I think received 10 of them. Jim Jordan got six. And then there were three that were just other random people in the, on the Republican side of the house um, that, you know, they only received one vote apiece in the second round of voting at which they moved to immediately after the first round. um, Jim Jordan got up and nominated Kevin McCarthy again. And yep. then Matt Gates stood up and gave a, a little impassioned speech about his belief that Jim Jordan should actually be the new Speaker of the House because Kevin McCarthy isn't getting things done. And in Matt Gates's little speech that he gave, he went 
on and on. He his praise for Jim Jordan was effusive to the point of holy shit, dude! You guys need to get a room together because yeah. it's clear that get, you, you like yeah. him a lot. <laughs> Gawk three thousand, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so the only two people that were nominated for that second round of voting were Jim Jordan and Kevin McCarthy. During the second round, Jim Jordan received. Oh God, I want to say. 19. Yeah, he received 19 votes and Kevin McCarthy received all of the others from the Republican Party. Democrats, again, all voted for Hakeem Jeffries. 212. Every single one of them. So then they decided they would move to a third round of voting. And in the third round of voting, things actually got worse for Kevin McCarthy when an additional Republican defected over and voted for Jim Jordan as well. So after losing three rounds of voting and it getting worse for McCarthy after, after the third round, he was like, okay, well maybe we'll just call it quits for today. <laughs> because, which, which, which he said he wouldn't do. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. I mean, well, he says he's going to be in it for the long haul. Like he's not going to just throw in the towel and give up because he's wanted to be speaker forever. Uh, well, but as yeah, he, 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 he saw that today's, he, but yeah, I mean, he but saw I, that today's trend was clearly working against him. And so it was, okay, well, let's take a little break and yeah. I'll, I'll do some glad handing and some back padding and, and offering up some other concessions to people in the meantime to see if maybe tomorrow they will decide to vote for me. And which it's been a lot of fun the, to watch, the, the, <laughs> uh, but the, but the shitty thing is, is like, the whole glad handing and talking to them behind the scenes is all about, hey, if you vote for me, I will make it easier for you to get on this committee, which is all kind of bullshit. So I I think that it will be neither McCarthy nor um, Jim Jordan. And I actually am going to present my alternative scenario. Okay. Which, if that's okay. Let's sure. do it. Let's hear it. So, Elise Stefanik. Elise Stefanik. Yeah, she's a real turd. <laughs> she is currently the number three in the House. Mm-hmm. Um, now that the Republicans are in charge. Um, she kind of rose to fame going from like a relatively unknown, fairly moderate Republican to being like an all-in QAnon, Trump-supporting, great replacement theory Republican. Um, she's one of the ones that like basically denied that January 6th happened um, and has said since then that it was Nancy Pelosi's fault. Oh, geez. But that being said, she's also kind of a sweetheart within the like mainstream Republican groups because of her early time in office. My bet is that what happens is that McCarthy continues to fail to get the speaker because of the freedom caucus Jim continues to fail to get the speaker because the mainstream Republicans don't want him. And instead the Republicans coalesce around the young female, relatively attractive candidate who looks like a Fox news host, um, (laughs) who's fresh blood. It gives them the ammunition of saying, look, we can make a woman speaker of the house too, while still perpetuating the right wing power structures behind her. So that's my that's my guess is that by the time you're listening to this, she will be the Speaker of the House. I haven't heard that floated, probably just because it's the Republican Party who is, you know, historically averse to 
putting any kind of woman in any kind of position of power. Um, mm-hmm. the, I haven't heard it floated either. I'm floating that. Yeah. That's, the, that's all me. Yeah. The alternatives that I've heard are Steve. Well, the only alternative that, I, that I've heard as, as a even somewhat plausible candidate for speaker would be Steve Scalise. And that's because mm-hmm. he's already serving in house leadership for the Republicans and, I don't know, has a modicum of respect among everybody there. Um, but Kevin McCarthy is just a shitbag. And, but I, I mean, my guess is that he'll still end up being speaker. He'll probably make additional yeah. concessions to the Freedom Caucus and the other ultra right wing lunatics that are currently running the Republican asylum. And that currently they have a, a five person uh, limit or threshold for. Uh, vacating the seat or or basically calling for a no confidence vote in the Speaker of the House to where that person may be asked to step down and then they would hold a new vote for somebody else. And there are members of the Freedom Caucus, Matt Gates among them, who are saying that they won't settle for anything less than reducing that to a one person vote where if anybody in the Freedom Caucus or anybody else on the Republican side of the House or I don't know if that would even apply to Democrats, that if they just say that they want to oust the current speaker that they would have to hold a new vote for it. So we'll have to see how all of that was that poorly written. What was that? (laughs) I said, I would love it if it was that poorly written. I mean, (laughs) parliamentary procedure would mean that the parliamentarian just wouldn't recognize them, but still. Yeah. 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 It's, but it's, it's really interesting because it's been exactly 100 years since we've had to even use more than one round of voting for a house speaker. Uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi, as unpopular as a lot of people would like to believe she is, was still able to hold very strong coalitions within the Democratic Party in the House, even in even during times when it looked like progressives were were making more inroads and were going to offer more opposition to her being Speaker of the House. She still only ever has only has ever had to go through one round of voting. Kevin McCarthy is the first person uh, of the of any party who has a majority a majority in the House to have to go through more than one round of voting in one hundred years, and I think that's awesome because yeah, he's a fuckwit asshole who just blows wherever the winds of political expediency are blowing him any day of the week. Yeah. And so to see him have to squirm and fight and inch his way toward a position that he has lusted after for more than a decade now is just, mwah, I love it. I love watching it happen <laughs> because it's like well, everybody, even his own party members, people that he works with, people that caucus with him, people that he views as colleagues and right-wing assholes like himself even they are like no fuck you dude you nobody can trust anything you say because you're a lying dissembling ass bag who just does whatever he thinks is going to give him the most power in a, at any given point i just love the fact that there's so much infighting uh-huh yeah which like i i think i've said before or maybe just between us i honestly don't think anything new is going to come of this new uh house like it's impossible oh yeah i mean it's there's going to be 
basically zero legislation passed. They'll do the bare minimum, like stuff that they have to do to keep the lights on. But the House, I mean, the Republicans can't even get their own members in line to vote for things that they want to do. And anything that they want to do is then going to be stymied by Democrats in the Senate. So unless they can figure out a way to get their own house in order and propose legislation on a true bilateral path, then they're not going to get fuck all done. They're not going to do anything. Yeah. There's just going to be a bunch of screaming howler monkeys in there throwing feces all over the place. <laughs> Which would be fun to watch. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if it's productive, but it'd be very fun to watch them just throw shit. Well, it's been a lot of fun watching them all make Kevin McCarthy squirm. You know, yeah. watching watching the cameras, you know, as they're all focused on McCarthy during all of these votes, and he's just there smiling and, you know, putting on airs that he's totally fine with what's going on. It it reminded me of that of the cartoon dog sitting in hell drinking coffee. Well, this is fine. <laughs> this is fine. Everything's fine. It's gonna be great. It's been uh, yeah. a lot of fun. I'm really interested to see how that translates to any media that hits younger people, like like twenty somethings and below, um, because they're they're not watching C-SPAN right now. Like they no. they may or may not even be getting the news alerts on their iPhone right now that says you know McCarthy fails to be Speaker of the House after three uh, votes, right? <laughs> um, and so I'm really curious to know, and I might have to do like some market research on this, like what will that demographic be hearing over the next two years about the failures of anything to happen in Congress? Because the boomer generation is dying out, right? The, the silent generation before them is basically gone. Mm -hmm. um, and for the first time in a very, very long time, the old adage of like, as you grow older, you grow more conservative is failing to be true. Mm -hmm. So that big demographic shift is beginning to happen. Um, it was record turnout by Gen Z that helped uh, propel the Democrats into a record, you know, uh, stopgap, if you will. Not a victory per se, but, a, you know, in many ways, a, a victory in this most recent election. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I'm interested to see what that, how that reflects in 2024. Yeah, I'm glad to see so many more younger people getting involved in politics. I'm still always disheartened at the total number, though, the the percentage wise of young people who are actually voting. Yes, they broke historical records this time around, but it's still, you know, a paltry number of people who are eligible yeah. to vote who are actually getting out and doing it. I, I keep saying if we can get more and more younger people out to the polls, we can work on progressive policies. We can do a lot of progressive things, but they just aren't getting out to vote. They'll, they'll rant and rave and scream online and, and in social media, but they're not actually doing the one thing that they fucking need to do in order to affect change. And vote. that's get your vote, get your ass yeah. to the polling place, send in your mail-in ballot, register to vote. A lot of them aren't even registered to vote, but they'll whine and complain. Please, Put that effort into a more productive thing by doing the one thing that will actually affect change, and that's voting. I like to quote um, a, a little-known politician, Mitch McConnell, uh, <laughs> who said that winners oh, make policy, losers go home. Mm -hmm. mm. That's what but happens, yeah. Do the, 
do the losers go home? I mean, yeah, because running for re-election is pretty much all they can do when they don't hold committees. and Yeah. <laughs> or do they escape to uh, Florida? What's Their Florida? palace <laughs> known as Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> that guy. Hey, gang, this is Jack Materko from For Infernal Use Only and the Naked Diner podcast, and you are listening to The Godless Revolution. What was that sound? That! What was that? That's just your feet. Oh, this was a bad idea. I can't do this. These woods could be crawling with religious fundamentalists, ready to stone me to death because I'm not mentioned in whatever book they quote from. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! So, since we've recorded, there's been there's been some news coming from Trump world, of course. Oh, um, my fuck. He announced his candidacy to run for which, president, his, his third campaign. Which, I, I have to say this, he had his whole campaign thing, he made the announcement, and even fucking Fox News broke away from it because it was so fucking boring. <laughs> Has Very it been that long? Yes. <laughs> Very low energy, Mr. Trump. Uh, you uh, need to do something. Yeah, he, he announced that he's running, and then from everything I've seen, he hasn't held a single event since then. Like no. He's not actively campaigning other than offering up bullshit uh, stolen art NFTs that he yes. sold as, uh, as one of the, his latest grifts on people. I well, I was I was paying close attention to this because I was like these just look bizarre to begin with. Like I was scrolling through what was available. Mm-hmm. Not that I would buy. Here is the okay. <laughs> so if we're really going to talk about this, let's talk about the fact that okay, he posted this. He he releases NFTs. Um, Big announcement and he says coming. On there, it's going to be wild. It's going to be amazing. It'd be great. Everybody's going to want one. Be sure to tune in. I've seen some stuff on this and I agree with it because the fact that he released the NFTs and he said, you can buy them with a credit card or whatever, which is not fucking true because he had to go through a certain brokerage firm for NFTs, which you have to sign up for, get approved for through your bank and all that other kind of stuff. All of his NFTs sold out within an hour, which seems bizarre that his normal patrons would be allowed be able to figure out how to you know set up an account get your <laughs> credit card established have the money sitting there and literally sell out of all of his nfts within an hour unless they were already pre-positioned to be bought and it was nothing but a scam to begin with to make money it had nothing to do with selling nfts it was just a money grab oh yeah and- well well, I mean, selling or money laundering. is a money grab. Yeah. It is a money well, yeah, grab, that one. Right. but you can also use it to launder money. Mm-hmm. Like if he's trying to take money from somewhere else in the world, hey, launder the money through this fake NFT scam that I'm going to make all public mm-hmm. if my followers doing it. Well, yeah. So one of the things, the, the rumor mill right around the hill right now is that Trump is basically out of liquid cash. Oh, um, no. There was some procedural delay that he could have engaged in 
with the um, Nara Lago case, right? With all the documents <laughs> that were yeah. uh, uh, there. And if he had engaged in that delaying tactic, it would have added like another two weeks of procedural bullshit to go through before things moved along. And he elected not to engage in that procedural bullshit. And, and some analysis done by folks was like, well, yeah, but that would have been fairly expensive to do because of like where the, the bill would have settled um, in terms of liability at the end of losing yeah. that definitely losing position. Um, and that his lawyers are probably asking for cash up front at this point. And so it, they it's, know better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like the very end of Full Metal Alchemist when the villain finally actually gets hit. That'll hit like one audience member. Um, so, yeah, like he he may be out of cash. Like he also isn't holding his rallies anymore. Well, no, he he owes many municipalities debt for previous rallies that he has not paid. Yeah. So it's entirely possible that he can't afford to hold rallies anymore. Mm-hmm. And so the the last reporting I saw and I'm just grabbing this off the top of my head, if I remember it correctly, was that in liquid assets, Trump has somewhere around, it was like 86, uh, was it billion or million? It has to go be 86 million. Because he's only ever claimed yeah. to have like 10 billion. Yeah. And he's got like $86 million in liquid assets, but in debt that he mm-hmm. is coming due to pay here very soon, is in the realm of the mid $300 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, and also since we last recorded the, um, the Democrats uh, decided that they would release Donald Trump's tax returns. They were able to actually finally secure them and then voted to release them. And people have been combing through those and, from the reports that I've seen so far, it's clear that he's not a billionaire. He may no. have never been a billionaire, but has always no. just inflated his worth and assets. Oh, and that he never donated his fucking presidential paychecks. No, that he did, except for the last well, two years year. of his presidency. Yeah, like for the first two years he did, and I think for the last for the last two years he did not. And in and not only did he not donate his salary, he didn't make any kind of charitable donations yeah for the last two years i i feel like i want to say that andrew torres was talking about it on his show opening arguments and that he did make some donations to charities but they were trump charities (laughs) which is not donate it's it's just donating the money to yourself (laughs) yeah Uh, just like he like has been become uh obvious with his children where he is donating or giving loans to his children instead of paying them money, mm-hmm. so he he can have it taxed differently. Well, which, and and yep. so that they it's, can have it taxed differently as well, that they don't yeah. have to claim it as income. Yeah. But it it all comes back to him, even during the uh, uh, debates where he's like, "I'm just a very smart man." <laughs> like, no, you are a con artist, and you've been getting away with it forever, and it shows that the fact that. The president is supposed to be audited every year. Mm-hmm. And you weren't because you were having control over the people auditing you. Mm-hmm. That you are a fucking con artist. And even you, Dan, sitting in the position that you do, where now finally 
the IRS is able to hire people because they're not being stripped of uh, employees and money, which hopefully they'll be able to audit more people like a Donald Trump. Yeah, well, because taking advantage of these because the Biden administration working in conjunction with Democrats on the Hill were able to pass the Inflation Reduction Act and provide yeah. ample, well, provide funding <laughs> for the IRS <laughs> that has gone unfunded or underfunded for and, decades and the 15% now. 15% minimum corporate tax. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's been fun to watch and I'm looking forward to getting more people uh, in to the service so that we can actually do the mission and to do the mission effectively and make things more equitable for everybody. Republicans have yeah. been working their asses off for decades now to protect the interests of, you know, multimillionaires and billionaires while fucking over everybody below that because they're not the ones who are giving money to their, to their Donations. campaigns and, and packs. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But we're we're running close to we're running close to being out of time before we finish. We should also mention that uh, Pope Ratzinger has died. Pope Emeritus Pope. Ratzinger. Pope rapist. <laughs> yeah, uh, Joseph Ratzinger, who later became Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, died, and that just made we're me not. smile. He upset <laughs> the the ruby shoe wearing former Nazi German youth Hitler youth uh, dude who became Pope and then decided that his health wasn't terrific after shuffling around a bunch of priests and who were who were diddling kids and getting caught doing that uh, and then deciding to resign for health reasons while becoming and then became Pope Emeritus. Uh, yeah, the yeah. first one in six hundred something years. Proving that abstinence makes the church grow fondlers. Oh, uh -huh. yeah, you said it. <laughs> he he f is finally dead, and I think that's a good thing for yeah. everybody but him, probably. And if there were a hell to exist, I think that he should be on the very short list of people who should go there. Oh, he's got a front row seat. I very, sure very Hitchian of you. I sure hope so. He's He was a terrible, terrible person, and I will make no apologies whatsoever for being glad as fuck that he is dead now. Um, he was a shit stain on the social fabric of uh, the world, and I'm... And even, even though uh, right-wing media might say that he was trying to do better with them and, and get rid of the pedophilia within the church and all that. It's complete fucking bullshit. Yeah. That's an absolute fantasy. He wasn't trying to get rid of it. He was trying to get rid of news of it by burying yeah. it and protecting the church instead of protecting the children that the priests were raping, which is yeah. just about the most despicable thing I can think of any human being doing. But you know, he's, he's got a church to protect because it, it's a multi-billion dollar global business. That because yeah, kept him in ruby shoes and 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 a life of luxury. Because there there's more evidence that he knew what was going on versus what he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then he lied about it. like just flat yeah. out fucking lied about it for years. So that's fun. I'm glad he's dead. I will. I will. Well, I've already yeah. 
tossed back a couple of drinks in honor of that fact. But we have run out of time for this episode. Me too. <laughs> Before we go, though, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters because they keep the show going. That would be... Two Skeptical Chaps. Alan Firth. All hail, Penis Buttra. Crucify the like button, leave a review on iTunes, and rate the show five times a day towards Celia Gray. Ed Harris. It's all shits and giggles until someone shits and giggles. Or giggles and shits. Or giggles and shits. I, oh, I <laughs> fucked it up and I really wanted to say that one. <laughs> John McCullough. Kevin Scheel. Ollie Olson. Savid Akuna. Sinead Duffy. Steve Kuno. Stephen Andrus. Theodore Sellen. Tiffany Hudson. Updug Willoughby. Vanessa. Clank Trucking. Corey Ebert. Don't be a Richard. Error 404. God not found. Jeremy Goodson. Jonathan. Marben Dracone. Martina Fern. Quiet avocado or I'll sick the updog on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Oh, that guy. I'm going to be that guy. Uh, Utah, Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Zeus 9SO. Amber Krellen, a new Patreon supporter. Yay. Thanks, Amber. I know Amber. She's awesome. Uh, and she actually signed oh. up weeks ago, but we haven't recorded for weeks. And so we haven't been able yeah. to announce her name. So thank you very much, Amber. That's awesome. Welcome aboard. Welcome to the show. Uh, Janet Uter. Purple Dragon. Sarah Segovia. Tim Jacobson. And James. Yay! Thank you all very, very much. If you, dear listener, would like to become a Patreon patron, you can do so very easily by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode. And then you get all kinds of fun stuff. You get the episode before everybody else. You get uh, clips from the cutting room floor. You get extended outtakes. You get bonus episodes every now and then. You get priority for offering show suggestions and uh, in in reading comments that you would send to the show, all of that good kind of stuff. And the knowledge that you're helping us keep the show going. And we appreciate and love you very much for doing so. I like that very much and appreciate you guys for joining me for this. I oh, yeah. still need to sort out some more settings on stuff. I will try <laughs> to do that before we get back together again next week. Uh, until then, I'm going to... I'm going to go do some more. I have so much unread email at work <laughs> that I need to try to catch up on still after taking a couple of weeks off. I need to go paint some 3D printed parts. I'm going to sleep and then wake up and try and get soldiers to actually do work. Oh, that's <laughs> good fucking luck. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yay. <laughs> well, good luck, guys. Thank you very much. Love you both. Have a wonderful Love evening. Love y'all. Ciao. Bye. Uh, let's do that now, shall we? So Taylor can get to bed at a somewhat decent hour. Yeah, because I've got to go to Padova tomorrow, too. Okay. You got to do a potluck tomorrow? Uh, Padova. It's the... Yeah, pot of a what? Pot of a what? I'm going to see this pot of a oh thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pot of a Italy. Yeah. Um. Going to go see a pot of a Italy. Uh. <laughs> Are you, you able seen, to put, um, like, like a cold pack on it to kind of like soothe it at all or like wear a cap with it that's um i well i'll probably end up wearing a hat for a while just because it will look pretty bad yeah then that that hat will then be taken 
and put inside of five Ziploc bags. It'll probably just be burned. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm. 